It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans. Welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family of uh, teams, NBA, NFL, MLB, your team every day. And you are with Patricia Trena. I am your host, and I write for The Athletic, The to, I write for Forbes, I write for Inside Football, and a bunch of other places. So you can just follow me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Trina, and you can get usually the links to my various written works. And joining me on today's podcast is Jerry Foley. He is the senior editor of Giant Insider, a really good friend of mine. And uh, Jerry, I really appreciate you coming on the show with me. Hey, Patty, thanks for having me. This is an honor. Oh, the honor is all mine, my friend. So, so Giant fans, we are going to spend uh, the three segments of today's show breaking down some storylines for the second half of the season. We're going to talk about what we're expecting, um, changes in personnel, changes that the coaching staff might have made during the the bye week, uh, just what to look ahead. We're going to spin ahead because, let's face it, Jerry, the first half of the season was ugly. Yeah, it's, I think we just want to all put it in our rear view and kind of look ahead and, and see what how the rest of the season plays out in those storylines. So I think that's a good move, Patty. Yes, definitely. Okay, so Giant fans, before we get started, just a friendly reminder. This week we are going to have Twitter Thursday. We usually have it on Tuesday. We're going to have it on Thursday. So if you have a question you want to submit for Twitter Thursday, send it to me at Patricia underscore Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A. You can send it to Locked On underscore Giants, or you can email it to locked on, uh, Giants podcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you do send them to me on Twitter, just make sure you tag them, ask P-Train, P-T-R-A-I-N. Okay, so Jerry, let's jump right into it. Um, you know, Pat Shermer, when we last left him, he spoke about um, wanting to look at everything. Make And uh, he didn't indicate what kind of changes might be on the horizon. But when the Giants reconvene and they're due to practice today on Tuesday uh, after the long bye week, what's one thing right off the bat you're expecting to see that might be different? Uh, Jamon Brown, uh, the, the kid they just picked up from the Rams, I think. He could be a guard for them going forward. It's going to be interesting to see um, if he can kind of lock down that role. He, he, he's got a lot of potential. He played pretty well for the Rams last year uh, before he, you know, he suffered the uh, what was it, the 
substance abuse, uh, four-game suspension. But it's going to be interesting to see if, if they have something there because there were a bunch of teams that were after him. And look, I don't know, I don't know the specifics around Kyle Lawletta. I, I don't know. I know his court date was pushed out. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get in practice. Uh, where they're going to go with, at the quarterback position. I know that until the arrest, they were looking at you know potentially getting him more reps and getting him moving him up at least from the third team maybe to the second team. Uh, so those are those are some of them. It's also going to you know I'd love to see some of the younger guys like Sean Chandler, uh, the kid out of Temple, who's a great story. Uh, great background as a, a few pieces done of him in the in the preseason. So the Giants have been playing a lot of young guys this year, a lot of the rookies like B.J. Hill and Lorenzo Carter, Hernandez. But that back end of the roster, um, it's going to be interesting to see what guys can get in and to see where they can go. Uh, maybe they make the team going forward just to see if they have anything, any diamonds in the rough. You know, you mentioned Jamon Brown, and earlier today uh, I recorded a, a an interview with Brad Mayer who is the host of Locked On Rams. And I asked him about Jamon Brown, and he actually could not say enough good things about the kid. And he said, you guys got yourself a steal. We hated to see him go. He's going to be a good player. He also predicted that Jamon Brown was going to be, you know, probably in the starting lineup as soon as Monday night when the Giants visit the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, it, it all starts up front. And I think, Jerry, we can both agree that on offense – that offensive line has just been an absolute disaster. I mean, you know, Will Hernandez has has promised, but he's still a rookie. He's still feeling his way around. You know, you got to remember he played at UTEP. The competition maybe isn't as, as you know, right. great as, as a Notre Dame or, you know, the bigger schools. But that offensive line, I mean, when I look at it, you know, and, and there's enough blame, obviously, to go around. But when I look at that offensive line, I mean, I, I just don't know how Eli Manning is still walking around. Yeah, somehow they got worse from last year. And I don't think I'm overstating that. I mean, he's been sacked, what, 31 times already. He's been rushed a ton others. I, you know, I think the most Sims was ever sacked was 55 and 84. And I think Manning looks like he's gonna they're going to beat that. That's a rather dubious record. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Brown can do if he can help. Because, look, the going from, what was it, Flowers, Pew, um, Richburg, you know, uh, Bobby Hart and uh, and Jerry and uh, John Jerry, you know, you go to Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, John Jalapio, and a number of other guys that have been uh, in the center position. Now I think it's what Spencer Poli, John Greco. Somehow this line is worse. So yeah, I mean, everybody wants to point to Eli Manning and kind of put the blame on him, and and he deserves his share of blame. I mean, he checks down too much, and we always say that he he kind of feels the rush when he breaks the huddle now, um, but. This offensive line, I don't know who could function behind it. I don't know how mobile you would have to be to function behind this offensive line. So, like we said, Brown can only help. And it would be great to see going forward if he can be someone that they can depend on, not just th the rest of this year, but maybe into next year. And you got to love a, ki a kid's attitude who was what? They, the Rams were, I think, 8-0 and before yesterday. And he's going to a 1-7 and team, and he couldn't have a better attitude coming over. So, you know, kudos to the Giants for putting in form and getting him. I guess that's... If there's any advantage to being one in seven, at least you get your first choice of uh, of uh, people that have been released. But um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to see Brown in the starting lineup, and hopefully he'll be in there next Monday night. Yeah, and you raise a good point because if he comes in and he plays well, you know he's on the back end of his his rookie deal. I think this is the last year, so they're really getting him dirt cheap if you think about it. And it's it's you know it's a rental, yes, but if they like what they see, you know maybe they go and they re-sign him. 
uh, for next year and beyond. And, and, and now that's one less piece that they have to address on the offensive line. Yeah, they definitely have to upgrade right right guard too because it was Patrick Omame. Now it looks like it's uh, it's John Greco, but now with Brown in, um, it's you. I don't want to ask the question again, but can it get any worse? And I've I've asked that before, and it has gotten worse. But I think with Brown, uh, especially everything you hear about the kid, uh, the potential there, I, I think it's only going to get better. So, seems like an upgrade for what they've had. Uh, Omame obviously has been a disappointment. No need to constantly beat down on him, but um, you know he's dis- disappointing free agent signing from Gettleman. And then they kind of slid Greco over, and he's been getting manhandled every week. So uh, I think if you're a Giants fan, one one bright side is this kid Brown coming in, and we'll all get to see what he can do, uh, I think, very shortly. So, Okay, so we mentioned uh, Kyle Lawletta and him getting some opportunities. Yeah. Obviously, the you know his, his legal issues, you know, kind of threw a damper into that. P- Pat Shermer, uh, before the break, said, you know, that that situation will be dealt with. Now, whether that's a fine, whether that's a suspension, and by the way, we don't even know if the NFL is going to get involved and, and right. uh, you know, suspend the kid for violating the personal conduct policy. But my gut feeling was all along, even before um, all this went down, is that the soonest we would see Lawletta wouldn't be until December, like the last, maybe the last three or four games of the year, because, you know, strangers it might sound the Giants are not mathematically eliminated from anything yet Uh, they're they're getting close but they're still in it and I would think that as long as they have you know a a sucker's punch or or a chance I should say um, that they will they will stick with Eli Manning you know you mentioned that Eli has not played well you know he's felt the rush Sometimes prematurely, he's become a check down Charlie. But, you know, like you said, how any quarterback is going to function behind that offensive line. And and that goes for Lawletta, too. You know, this is a kid who, yeah, he can move around a little bit, but you still, at the end of the day, have to set your feet and throw. Yeah, and I I didn't think he was going to play against the 49ers, even if that didn't happen uh, on the, uh, not the turnpike, but 495 or whatever road it was on. But I thought he may get a shot against the Buccaneers because of that pass defense and the fact that the game was home. It'd be three weeks to kind of get him ready. But, Patty, I think you're right, especially with what's happened. It may be the Tennessee Titans game might be the best situation. Um, What's that, week 15, the third to last game. It's a home game. Uh, Maybe we'll see him then. But I had thought that maybe they'd give him a shot. Uh, against the Buccaneers at home. But to your point about a quarterback, and I don't want to revisit the, the Saquon Barkley versus should have they have taken a quarterback, but if it, I can't imagine Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. I mean, they wouldn't look, they'd look 10 times worse than Manning behind this line. So I don't care who's back there. I don't care if it's Michael Vick in his prime. I mean, this line has so many flaws and is so bad. And I, I don't, I don't know what mobility you would need to be able to survive. And I shudder to think of what a rookie would look like. And, and look at Josh Rosen, like the, the, the Arizona Cardinals line is terrible. And, he's, you know, he's, he's struggling behind them. So, yeah, to your point, I, I don't know how – it. you obviously want to see what Lalletta can do, but I don't know how much his mobility would help behind this line. Now, I don't know if Jamon Brown can solidify that right side, but I think they will put Lalletta in, and, and I – Based on the the situation that happened last week, I, I think you're right. I tend to believe that the Giants will put him in later in the year than maybe maybe they had planned to put him in sooner. But I think with the um, the issue that happened last week, maybe it's going to be later in the season. So, 
for sure, for sure. You're listening to, to Locked On Giants, Patricia Trainer with Jerry Foley of the Giant Insider. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back segment two and continue to preview some of the second-half storylines that we're anticipating with the Giants. So stay with us. The Locked On Podcast Network is doing unprecedented things on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, follow Locked On NFL Net to get all the latest breaking news and game highlights from the Locked On Podcast Network NFL hosts, all on one convenient feed. On Instagram, Locked On NFL Net gives you the biggest stories, including audio cuts as provided by the various Locked On NFL team hosts. Make sure you follow Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram to get your daily fill of the NFL. Hey, Giant fans. Looking for tickets to the next home or road game? Or maybe you're looking for tickets to the latest concert or Broadway show or perhaps even another sporting event. Whatever the event you're looking to attend, Vivid Seats has you covered. Simply visit Vivid Seats' website or use their app available for download from the Apple Store or Google Play to find the event and venue of interest. You can then sort by seat location or price to find just what it is you're looking for. It's really that easy. And because you're a valued listener to the Locked on Giants podcast, Vivid Seats has a special offer just for you. Receive $20 off your first order of $200 or more when you enter the promo code Locked On at checkout. Remember, every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download their app and don't forget to enter the promo code locked on to save $20 off your first order of $200 or more. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Giants. I'm Patricia Trana, joined by Jerry Foley of the senior editor of Giant Insider, and we are previewing some of the anticipated storylines for the second half of the New York Giants season. The Giants are back at work today, Tuesday. Uh, They will have a short practice. They'll be off on Wednesday due to the Monday night game, and then they will practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday before heading out west to San Francisco. Uh, Jerry, we talked about the offense a lot in the first segment. Let's, Let's talk a little bit about the defense. I know at the top of the program you mentioned some young guys you're looking forward to seeing you mentioned Sean Chandler I think Grant Haley was another one Um, those guys have already gotten into the lineup they were part of the the uh, post Eli Apple trade Uh, you know they benefited you know from that trade got some snaps and I don't know about you but I thought they played pretty well in, in, in the opportunities they got yeah, especially Grant Haley. I mean, when I say I'd like to see him more, I'd like to see maybe Sean Chandler start a game, maybe at free safety for for Curtis Riley, who, look, it's it's been an, a nice experiment, but he, he seems to take such bad angles every game. I'd like to see maybe Chandler get a, a start. Like you said, uh, maybe when the Giants are mathematically eliminated, then let's see what these young guys can do. So it's I'd like to see more extensive playing time, but, but you're right. They did show pretty well, and and Grant Haley's a, a feisty kid. You know, he's, a, he's on the smaller side, but... 
Um, he was one of the more sought after free agents out of college and the Giants were kind of lucky to get him. So it'd be interesting to see some of these younger guys get more extensive playing time as the season goes on. You know, it's interesting with Grant Haley, you mentioned he's one of the smaller types, but he plays, you know, like a, like a bigger cornerback. And, yep. you know, you think of, you think ahead to next year. I mean, I, I don't see any way Janoris Jenkins is on this roster, not with a $13 million cap hit. Um, I think the future cornerback could very well be Sam Beal, who's currently on injured reserve. And, and I think Grant Haley will be in that mix. And you're going to see pretty much a whole new defensive backfield with maybe the exception of Landon Collins, who, you know, the Giants were rumored to be, you know, planning to trade, but they didn't. Yeah. And now, of course, they're going to have to either franchise him or let him walk if they cannot get him locked up for the long term. So uh, just you're really looking at three, you know, three fourths of that secondary getting replaced. Yeah, and everyone seems to be forgetting about Sam Bill. He was the um, the supplemental pick, so the Giants don't have a third round pick because of him. Uh, they were high on him, obviously. They they took him in the in the supplemental draft in the third round. Um, as far as the other corners, yeah, I, that was more that was all the more puzzling why they didn't trade Jenkins. Now I wasn't in the room with Gettleman. None of us were. Maybe they weren't getting what they thought he was worth. But like you said, if they're going to cut him next year because of his salary, I would have thought they'd even get rid of him for a fifth or sixth round pick just to get something for him. So I was kind of surprised he wasn't moved. Um, I guess the Giants stuck to their guns and put values on these guys. One person I was glad that to see stay was Landon Collins. I think the Giants should build around him and whether they franchise him next year or sign him to a long-term deal. Uh, I'm very happy, and I think Giant fans should be happy. He's someone you build around in that defensive backfield. And and like you said, it's going to look a lot different next year. you got Beal probably on one side. Grant Haley will at least be playing for the nickel spot. They'll probably draft someone rather early uh, in the draft next year. Not sure about free agency who would be available right now. But, um, you know, somebody else who hasn't played well, uh, hasn't played that bad, Patty, is B.W. Webb. I, I He's kind of surprised me. I didn't think he was as good as – uh, as he's played and he's kind of a journeyman, but I think he's held up pretty well. I think for what we were expecting of him, he was kind of like, you know, training camp fodder and he ended up beating out William Gay and, and now he's, he's basically starting on, on one side. So look, I, I think he's earned the right to come back and fight for a spot next year as well. So like you said, it'll look different, but there are some players on the roster now that will be fighting for a, uh, if not that first corner position, then maybe second and nickel spot as well. And that, you know, that back end of the defense, very important because, you know, when we talk about the lack of a pass rush, you yep. know, the back end's got to do their part too. I mean, yep. you, you, you can get guys rushing at the quarterback, but if the back end isn't covering, you know, the receivers down the field, what good is it? And speaking of the pass rush, Jerry, I mean, it was virtually non-existent. And then Olivier Vernon came back from his, his high ankle sprain. And we started to see a little bit of a spark, but you know what? I really like what Lorenzo Carter brings to the game. And yeah. I, I have visions of him and Olivier Vernon next year, or, or maybe even this starting this year, you know, at the expense of, of Kareem Martin, uh, you know, seeing the two of them as the edge rushers and just, you know, trying to wreak some havoc. Now, the thing with Lorenzo Carter, I don't know if you agree or not, but to me, he's still not there when it comes to playing against the run. He needs, um, right. you know, an, an off season in the weight room, I think. But as a pass rusher, this kid, it just seems every time you put him on the field, he, he's able to, to create some kind of pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he's getting towards the quarterback. He's, he's uh, got a few rushes, um, quarterback, uh, quarterback uh, hurries as well. Um, I wanted to touch on Vernon, too, because Giant fans seem to be tough on him because of the injuries. But, I mean, he shows you that 
he's by far their best pass rusher. And I'm he's another guy that they didn't trade. I don't know if he's going to be there next year, but I'm kind of glad they didn't. I hope they are able to keep him because when he's in, there's definitely a difference. Uh, but you're right. I mean, Carter and, and Vernon next year would be very nice on the outside. Kareem Martin's been kind of a disappointment. Um, but yeah, Lorenzo Carter was a, a great find in the third round. And like you said, he's going to need to put on some weight to play the run a little better, but you know, Ver- you could do a lot worse than those two guys. And, and I was, I was psyched when they got Carter. I knew him a little bit in college. I knew his name, um, watched him a little bit. Of, I, I believe it was Georgia. Uh, but he, he played with uh, the kid from the bears Ro- Um, I forget his last name, Smith, the other linebacker, the highly touted linebacker, but, uh, um, Roquan Smith, yeah. but yeah, but I mean, like I said, Vernon is someone that I hope they keep because it doesn't have huge sack numbers, but when he's in, you can definitely tell the difference. And it's something that the Giants were missing. So they're going to have to add to that on the defensive line. But you could do a lot worse than Carter and Vernon next year, I think. Right. And I agree. And, you know, the thing people are going to look at is his contract. And, you know, I, I've said this many, many times. You never get what you pay for when it comes to free agency. Yep. You're always going to end up overspending. And that is, you know, especially when you, you fail in the draft, as the previous regime did so many times, yep. you have to overspend. I mean, it, it, it's unfortunately a way of life but i think you know gettleman over time is going to correct that i would hope he's going to correct that maybe you know start to weed out some of the higher priced guys who are not producing you know at all you know and and just replace them with with a young core that they can build around you know you mentioned vernon vernon just turned i believe 28 years old so he's still kind of young right you know, he's just had rotten luck with his injuries i mean yep. and, and and it's been frustrating but you're right he's a guy that when he's in there even if he's not racking up the sacks, just his presence presence is making it possible for other guys to get pressures and, and hits and, and whatnot. So. And, and people forget how good he was in 2016. I mean, he's not just a good pass rusher. He's good against the run as well. Um, and, and to your point about free agency overpaying, I mean, look, even with Nate Solder, the Giants paid way too much. But they had to because they had no left tackle. So that you're forced to do that when you've swung and missed so many times like – uh, Reese and Mark Ross did. Then you bring in guys like Connor Barwin, who've really done nothing. I mean, he's just towards the tail end of his career. Um, Kareem Martin's a, a system guy. He knows better system, but you know, he pinches in too much and can't read the the, the zone read, the, the option uh, when the quarterbacks take off. It seems like he misses that play every time. But yeah, it, the, the draft that Gettleman had, I thought, was very solid. And you're seeing these young guys get a chance. And if he can build another one or two drafts, this rebuild won't take as long as people think it will. I mean, everybody thinks, oh, for the next five years, we're done. But NFL now, man, there's so much parity. I, I think if Gettleman can have another draft like he had this year, the Giants will be much more competitive next season. For sure. I agree with you. And, you know, up front, you know, we, we, we've got to talk about the young kids up front because, you know, when they traded Damon Harrison, I know a lot of people are like, wait, what are they doing? Why are yeah. they getting rid of snacks? Yep. And, and, you know, look, I love snacks, the pieces, you know, Excellent player, still playing at the top of his game. But you look at the contract, you look at what's what was behind him on the depth chart. You had B.J. Hill, you had Dalvin Tomlinson. This week they're going to make a decision on on um, R.J. McIntosh, yeah. who's who's you know finishing up that twenty one day window. They had depth behind him to where they could afford to part with him. Yep. And and if RJ McIntosh is anything, then this draft, I think, is an A to A plus. Right. I mean, the, the, the first four picks, Barkley, Hernandez and, and uh, B.J. Hill and Carter were, were, you know, doubles to home runs. So, um, yeah, I, I think that the 
giving Davin Tomlinson uh, more time and B.J. Hill. And, and it also allowed for Kerry Wynn to kind of start now, who's, you know, he, he seems to have a good preseason every year. And now he's having a good season. I We were giving him an A before based on the fact that you didn't really know what to expect of him. I think he's in his fifth year. But uh, the depth was there on the on the defensive line, like you said. And, and if McIntosh can do anything, uh, it's only going to help them. I just think next one of the things they'll one of the players they'll, they'll take next draft is going to be a pass rusher because the one thing about this unit is they're they're not getting a push towards the the quarterback and and I'm not blaming Snacks he was excellent against the run but you always need the edge rushers to kind of help uh, the the nose tackle but Snacks wasn't getting to the quarterback either but uh, B J Hill has shown potential but I I think the Giants are missing that um, that edge rusher not not so much at the linebacker position because they have Vernon. But um, on the defensive line, so Tomlinson can step in and, and kind of do the job almost as well as Snacks did, uh, as far as stopping the run. But there is potential on that uh, uh, with those young guys. Definitely is, and and you know, if you think back to the two giant championship teams, they had three solid pass rushers. Yep. Um, this team only has really one, and that that right, you know, I mean. One and a half, I guess you could say, Vernon and Carter, who's still an up-and-comer. So right. definitely, you know, I agree with you on the point to add another pass rusher. I think that's going to be uh, a priority moving forward. You're listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trena and Jerry Foley of Giant Insider. We're going to take our final break, come back, and we're going to kind of look at the big picture moving forward uh, regarding what to expect in the second half of the season. So stay with us. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, welcome back to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer with Jerry Foley of the Giant Insider. And we've been talking up until this point, Jerry, about players that we expect we'll see more of, changes that the coaching staff will might, might make in personnel. But let's talk more along a broader sense, you know, in, in terms of maybe things they might do differently on offense and on defense. And I think if we start with offense, the number one thing they've got to do is they've got to get number 26 more involved, not just touches in the run game, but also getting this kid involved in space. I mean, we saw it in the spring. We saw it in the summer, how Saquon Barkley, when he gets isolated against a linebacker, can do all kinds of damage. But yet we haven't seen it so far in the season. Yeah, there are a lot more will routes being run uh, over the summer. And the thr- the frustrating thing with Barkley now is, like you said, he doesn't need the handoffs as much as he just needs the touches. So if you have 10 handoffs and then 12 catches, that's still 22 touches. But a lot of Barkley's 
a lot of the balls he's getting are checkdowns where he's the last resort and then the play's not set up for him to do anything. It's just, you know, it's almost like they're saying, hey, kid, please get us five yards here and do whatever you can. It, it, the, like the, the one play I keep going back to is the setup screen uh, against the Falcons where there were three linebackers waiting for him. I think it was a seven-yard loss. So I think they did a little better job against the Redskins, uh, sending him down the field a bit and getting him in space. Uh, but they really haven't done it to where we saw it in practice. Now, again, maybe it's because <laughs> they're going against our defense, but against other defenses, they, they haven't really done it. They haven't been as creative as I thought they'd be. But um, as, as far as a rookie, I mean, he's done so much with so little in front of him. There's no holes. Uh, the kid's ridiculously talented. So I agree with you. They need to get him more in space and and see what he can do. If they can build this line at all in the offseason, I mean, next year, uh, the sky's the limit for Barkley in this offense. And here's another thing that I found interesting about the offense. I thought we would see a lot more 12 personnel packages. And in, in reality, the, I don't remember what, what the exact breakdown is, but I do know we have seen more 11 personnel, despite yeah. the fact that the Giants don't really have a true third receiver. They've, they've kind of made it like a, a committee approach, although I think moving forward, Corey Coleman might, might – uh, be auditioning for that third receiver role but but you know I bring this up because I don't know about you but I've been kind of surprised and disappointed by the play of the tight ends 100 percent and the the biggest criticism of McAdoo was he used 11 personnel I don't know 90 percent of the time but yeah the tight ends have been disappointing I mean Evan Ingram the potential is there but we can't keep talking about potential with him he's got to catch the ball the fourth and three last week against the Redskins was such a microcosm of his young career where he's got the ability, he can get open, but then he can't catch the ball. He's had too many drops. He had too many last year. He's kind of continuing that, continuing that this year. And I'm more disapp- disappointed in Red Ellison too. I thought he'd have a bigger role in this offense, especially with, you know, the history he has with Sherman in Minnesota. So Sherm- uh, Ellison's a good blocker, but uh, the, the play of the tight ends has been, you know, C to C minus and, like I said, Ingram has a ton of potential, but he's got to start putting it together or it's just he's going to be that that guy who always has potential but really can't come through. And when 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 fans talk about, oh, we have we have Beckham, Shepard, Barkley and Ingram, I kind of cut him off. I'm like, no, we have we have Beckham, Shepard and Barkley. Ingram's not there yet. Ingram's not the Zach Ertz or um, the Jordan Reed that we want him to be. I think he can still be that, but he's got to got to hold on to the ball when when Eli hits him right in his hands. Absolutely. And, you know, on the defensive side, I, I, I gave some thought because, you know, that's this is a little trickier. But one thing that we didn't see a lot of in the beginning of the year, and we saw a little bit more of it, I think, uh, in this last game or two, and that is the cornerback and safety blitzes. I mean, they were yeah. absent basically the first, you know, several games of the season. And just recently it looked like James Betcher brought them back and they brought them back with some success. Yep. Yeah, we saw it in the Atlanta game in the first half, and it was like, where's this been all year? And I know Matt Ryan's not very, not that mobile. He's, he's he can move a little bit. He can move in the pocket, okay. But uh, maybe they were more comfortable doing it to uh, to someone like Ryan. I don't know, but I I would have done that more and more, and and especially when you're not getting a pass rush. I know you're 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 taking a huge chance by sending your corner, but if you get zero pass rush, Patty, you you know this better than anybody. You can't cover these guys forever, right? So if these guys have five, six seconds, they're going to find someone. So it's almost like you may as well blitz someone just to see if you can get to the quarterback. And against Atlanta in the first half, they were doing it. Uh, and it was kind of like, well, where's this been all year? Why haven't they done this? So Betcher's play calls were as puzzling as Shermer's play calls on offense. And uh, really, to be honest with you, kind of disappointing up until that Atlanta game where he finally started sending 
more exotic blitz packages that we saw like in training camp and, and a little bit in the preseason. So, And I think the other thing that we started to see a little bit more uh, the last couple games is the, the run defense is specifically on the edge a little bit better than what it's been earlier in the season. And again, I wonder how much of that was a result of, you know, Olivier Vernon not being in the lineup. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, the Redskins, I think, had 159 yards, but 64 came on one play uh, towards the end of the game. And, and like I said before, Vernon, he's, it's un, he's underrated against the run. I mean, in 2016, you saw how good he was against the run. And and again, to your point about Carter, putting he's got to put on some weight and uh, in the offseason so that he can get better at it as well. But, yeah, Vernon coming in definitely helps the edge. And um, I think Tomlinson in the middle with Hill and Wynn on the outside – they're definitely playing the, the edge better than they were before. So uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward how that plays out. And the one thing this defense can do is, is for the most part, is to to stop the run. And I would, I would hope they're only going to get better at that. Agreed, agreed. So tell me, Jerry, you think they can stop the bleeding moving forward? Well, one thing that I've noticed is they're not – they're in every game except the Eagle game, right? So these guys are playing hard for Shermer. Like at the end of the game, it's – I. I not so much in the last minute, but the, in the fourth quarter, it seems like they've been in every game um, and they've had some heartbreaking losses. But even against the Redskins, it was a 13-6 game until um, Peterson took off and looked like he was 23 again. But I think so. I, I think they're playing hard for Shermer. I don't th- they're not embarrassing the franchise in any way. I just don't think the talent's there uh, up and down the roster. I mean, when you turn over 30-plus guys and then after last cuts pick up six more that that's an indication that there's a problem on this roster that that's devoid of talent, but the effort they're putting in and then sprinkled in with some talented rookies. Look, I, I, are they going to win a lot more games? No, I I think this is a three and 13 team. I I think they'll win two down the stretch, even if it's by accident, maybe three. Um, But they're not going to embarrass the organization like last year's team did. Like I think of the Rams game where they clearly just gave up and, and look, I don't want to pile on Eli Apple, but they, they've gotten rid of some guys uh, in the offseason and during this season that may have been a problem in the locker room. And you look at DRC, everybody wanted him to come back. Well, he just retired, so it shows you maybe where his heart was. Um, and there's there's things that we don't know that maybe Gettleman and Shermer knew. So long story short, I, I think the team puts in the effort. I don't think they're going to embarrass any – they're not going to embarrass the organization. I think they'll be in games enough to maybe pull out two or three wins maybe down the stretch. Agree. I mean, look, can't get any worse, right? I mean, onward and upward, as they say. Well, we keep saying that, and then <laughs> I didn't think this year would be worse than uh, than last year. But like I said, these games are close. They're competitive. And if it's not the defense, then it's the offense keeping in it. It's just the, the biggest issue with the Giants now is that they don't know. It seems like they don't know how to win a game anymore. And it, I always go back to when Taylor came in in 81. He said, when I got here, it was just a bunch of guys trying not to lose and then not trying to win. And I think right now, like fourth and three against the Redskins, perfect opportunity to advance and and kind of get inside the red zone and do something. And the ball goes through Ingram's hands. And it's just if it's not one thing, it's another. But I do think this will get better sooner than people think. From your lips to you to, to the man above's ears. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, before I let you go, tell everybody where they can find uh, all the stuff that you and Chris are putting out there. 
Sure. First, the Twitter account is at Giant Insider. Uh, to subscribe to the magazine, it's www.thegiantinsider.com or go to magster.com, M-A-G-Z-T-E-R.com for a digital subscription. And we also have a podcast as well, not nearly as uh, organized as yours, Patty. Yours is incredible. <laughs> but uh, we drop a podcast twice a week, once on uh, 8 o'clock Monday night and now 8 o'clock Thursday night. And Chris is something. He's on fire, all these podcasts. It's hilarious. Uh, Chris's favorite words are buffoons, clowns, and he's just – he's uh, <laughs> He's entertainment by himself. He's he a one-man really show. is. I'm going to have to have him on again soon. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> yeah, he is. And you are too, Jerry. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Anytime, Patty. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you. Giant fans, that concludes today's show. Make sure you stay with us. Coming up this week, we have Crossover Wednesday. Brian Peacock, host of Locked on 49ers, will be joining me to break down the 49er Giant, Giant game on Monday night. We're going to do Twitter Thursday. So, again, get those questions into me. Uh, I'll be taping that show probably on Wednesday afternoon. So you have until Wednesday afternoon to get the Twitter questions in. And then on Friday, we're going to have a couple of interviews. Uh, before I mentioned at the top of the show, the host of Locked On Rams, Brad Mater, uh, was kind enough to bring, give me a scouting report on Jamon Brown. And uh, Chris Raggy, who is uh, a, a journalist uh, best known for his work on uh, CBS News New York, Channel 2. He's one of the anchors. He's also a longtime suffering Giant fan. Had him on the show to get some different perspectives, you know, just so you don't have to listen to me all the time. So stay tuned for more coming up on Giants, uh, Locked on Giants. And uh, thanks to Jerry Foley, and we'll talk to you again soon. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 